0: welcome to the ceo of destiny podcast where you will find the tools to fulfill the purpose of your generation and wildly succeed in the marketplace and now your host andre j benjamin and they don't realize that they're actually chained to their own flesh right now they're chained to um, things that do not satisfy fully right you might feel good that night and then the next morning you feel like crap and you just keep chasing the next thing, trying to find some sort of uh, fulfillment some sort of uh, purpose and you don't have that until you see the, until you meet the Lord um, and, and to be real like even when it comes to things like web three, I think people can talk about a lot of these things that are like good for us and not really understand why um, I met the uh, the founder uh, or the writer of a book called um, I believe it's called God and Bitcoin, I think his name is Jimmy song. And, uh, he's a believer and he's actually met multiple people who as they get deeper into how Bitcoin works, uh, they actually became Christians through the process. It's pretty insane. Oh no, it's called thank God for Bitcoin. That's what it's called. Um, and it's a, it's a really good book. Uh, you should check it out, but, um, he's a, he's a super influential person. Like, you know, the, the, uh, head of autopilot from Tesla follows him, like the Reddit founder follows him on Twitter, like a ton of influential people follow him. Uh, super solid believer who lives here in Austin, Texas, and uh, awesome dude. Uh, he's he's working with the government of El Salvador to make sure that Bitcoin can effectively become its national currency. Um, but he truly believes that um, God's going to use technology to win more souls to, to, to the faith, which I'm really excited about. When
1: you, when you think of as we're wrapping up, I want to, I, I want to, and you tell me how we are on time because I just have a couple more questions.
0: You're muted. My best I said, so no worries. Like, even um. Uh, uh, as we were talking, I actually pushed my next meeting to uh, another 30 minutes, so we're, we're good. All right, perfect.
1: <laughs> so, okay, cool. So, question. Um, they had, you saw the, uh, did you see the movie, the fir- or did you see the movie, the first Black Panther? Did you see that
0: movie? I did not, no.
1: Okay. Um, you know about Marvel,
0: though, you're... <laughs> okay <laughs> it's like, you said it's called you said it's called the first white panther no no no
1: the movie did you i said did you see the movie the first black panther
0: <laughs> it bro, wasn't bro. called
1: the first i was black
0: like panther. it's just black panther i thought you said first i, I didn't hear you say black i heard you, heard you say white so I was like <laughs> the first white panther is that like a species or something or all right i guess no i've never seen that i've seen black panther Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay cool uh
1: what what do you think was because um i asked this in in real time when the movie was you know uh big and they were going on these press junkets and all this and i just saw like they they kept showing these crowds and they're in asian countries they're in europe european countries they're in you know african whatever and people were just super hyped about the movie what do you think resonated with people about that film
0: yeah i mean i think having a sense of tribalism right whether or not you um want to actually call it that. Like, I guess what the, the reason why our crowdfunding campaigns did so well is because there were a ton of people in the Indian world who were rooting for me, a ton of people in the church world who were rooting for me, a ton of people from my high school who were rooting for me. And the similarity between those three different areas, I think mean, people from my college whatever, uh, was that they had a sense of tribalism. Like, oh, that's, 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 it's like, it's like, if you have a, a sports team that you love, like if you love the, you know, if you love the Seattle Seahawks, for example, like that's your tribe, right? Like that's, that's your, what you're rooting for. And I think that, one thing that I really uh, uh, appreciated about uh, Black Panther was, well, first off, I think that America is not very cultural to begin with, as much as we want to be. Um, we want to be a very multicultural type world, but it's like a lot of people are kind of just not, especially the 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 silent majority. They don't really care to really engage in those types of things. Uh, I think kind of uh, central or uh, centralized. Uh, loud voices are just in the cities. But then we see kind of the rest of the United States and essentially how Trump won his election. Uh, It's like, those are mainly people who don't really engage with the culture much. So one thing I appreciate of um, Black Panther is it gave you a sense of purpose to root for something, if that makes sense. And that exists in other ways, but in other stories, but a lot of it is still sort of has an underlying individualistic type uh, root to it. Whereas with this, they added added in a little bit more culture to it uh, to show you kind of like, um, the family behind it and like uh, the, the sort of the the roots behind a lot of what was there. And so um, I think that what really um, a lot of people don't realize is that tribalism is good in a certain type of sense. Like, I think it's important to still be united together. Uh, like even one, one cool thing about being an American is um, part of our tribe is being multicultural, being aware of what other people, because you go to other countries, like you go to Spain and everything is Spanish culture. You go to India, everything's Indian culture. You go to China, everything's Chinese. And it's like, those aren't bad things in and of themselves. But when you go there, like, dude, there's no appreciation for any other culture if you're not part of that culture. The yeah. cool thing about the United States is it doesn't matter where you're from. Our tribe, what we care about is the diversity aspect of it. And obviously, you have the extremes where people don't like the, the diversity of it. So I'll to say, At least for me, one thing that really stood out was uh, that sense of loyalty or devotion to a specific cause. That makes sense.
1: I saw, that's, those are some excellent observations. So I also saw, I read a lot of people giving feedback of they wanted to see more of Wakanda. And that's kind of what, why I was asking the question is because I think that why it resonated on a global level and especially with this outcry of, can we get more films about Wakanda and all this is because I think it was the first time in many years on screen that people had saw human relationship to technology not being dystopian. So oh, they yeah. saw it being integrated in their regular life. They saw that the people there—they had the farming tribe, they had the people doing things, but they were using different types of technical technological advances as well. So they weren't being lorded over by the technology, kind of being told what to do. The people were living their lives, and they were using the technology to, you know, serve their purposes yeah. and make things more efficient. So I thought that was fascinating, and I was curious, yeah. from like especially in the tech sector, and yeah, I role.
0: I think that uh, technology actually does that already a lot more than we think. Meaning, um, the only reason why something like a TikTok can even exist is because it's on this form factor, right? Meaning, if 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 I if if in order for me to um, appreciate or be able to use a TikTok type product by going to a specific movie theater that had it on a big screen or something like that, if that was what was required to get that type of app into the hands of people or into to give people access to that. It wouldn't thrive as much as it does on a phone and so it has to exist in a form factor yeah that already integrates the society so here's another example um i remember like a couple of days ago i was on another podcast and they were talking about how um like like integration of technology into the current fabric of society like uh, i remember you know 15 years ago even 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 10 years ago when i was um or i guess eight years ago when i was doing the phd at georgia tech and we were talking about autonomous cars and things like that Back then, there was this whole thing of like, I think the movie iRobot came out a few years before that. And they had this thing called like a car matrix where all the cars on the road are able to perfectly kind of uh, coordinate with one another for the perfect flow of traffic because they're part of this car matrix. All the cars are talking to each other, all that type of stuff. But in reality, when Elon Musk started creating Tesla, the reason why Tesla started thriving was able to create uh, full self-driving was because it was aware of the fact that not everyone's going to have a smart car to start with. And we have to figure out what is where is society at today, and how do we bring them step by step into a future, as opposed to pretending we can wipe all the cl- cars off the planet and just start with this car matrix, start over. And I guess my, well, I guess my the point of what I'm trying to get at is when it comes to any type of technology that um, wants to find itself to become woven into the fabric of how society is today. Uh, first off, I would argue that all technology that is, that is successful has to do that mm-hmm. because we don't have a clean slate. Like even things like Airbnb, right? It's probably one of the most uh, disruptive type technologies. And I say that use that word very um, not not trite, but very intentionally. Like Airbnb was so countercultural that uh, most people resisted it like crazy. But then, when the housing market uh, crisis ha- happened, people were like, "Crap, I need additional income. Like, I have no way to rent this stuff out. No one wants to have anything to do with houses." And then Airbnb found out a way to ultimately disrupt the hotel industry and like repurpose houses for that. So it actually perfectly wove into our society likewise with uber and lyft with the advent of the smartphone now you can have this in your pocket and there's gps data and all that type of stuff like it it, so, so my point is um these companies could not exist in other contexts it had to happen when it happened um likewise when it comes to any type of technology you know if people say like uh things like tiktok like they're uh a lot of people point their finger at tiktok to like make fun of it there's a lot of things i actually think that tiktok did very cleverly and tiktok is obviously now kind of realizing how addicting of a platform they built and they are they're actually experiencing user churn because of it's addictiveness. what i mean by that is once a person realizes crap i just spent eight hours scrolling Absolutely. they then delete they delete the whole app yep. and tiktok will start having people deleting the app and so in order to prevent that to have longevity they have they incorporated this thing called digital well-being where when you're on the app you give yourself a timer to shut down the app within you set the time so either 45 minutes or an hour whatever it is And then, as opposed to deleting the app. So, TikTok is like, we'd rather you not use this thing eight hours at a time and then delete the app. We'd rather use it one hour a day, every day for the rest of your life. Right. So, all I have to say, like, uh, even things like TikTok, those aren't things that um, screw up the current society. It's these technologies can only thrive if it's woven into the fabric of current day society. So, the reason why immersed couldn't take off five years ago is because people didn't have that problem.
1: There was no. Likewise,
0: moving. Exactly. And so, for people to have a fear of, well, I don't want people to be stuck in their apartments and just have this headset on all day. And it's like, I don't want to live in the stacks like in Ready Player One. It's, dude, that's not where our world's headed. Um, our world's not like, in order to build a successful metaverse, it's going to have to be woven into society the way it is today. It's going to have to be a digital layer on top of what already exists because you're right. Most people don't want to live in a dystopian escapist wow. type metaverse world. They want to integrate both. And so, immerses focus on creating a complimentary or supplementary type of uh, virtual world where at the end, if, if you're, if you're at home in front of your computer screens and you're staring at your wall and like, you're just doing your work day all day at your home office. At the end of the work day, you're ready to go hang out with your friends. Well, immersed needs to create a product where maybe during your work hours, you have a headset on because that's already part of your workflow. You're, and it's more compelling than just staring at your wall. Um, and so when the workday is over, you take it off and spend time with your family and your friends. Where where Zuckerberg is pushing a narrative where well we want people to like play basketball in VR and surf in VR and it's like I'd rather you do that in the real world um, <laughs> yeah. and and I don't think you're gonna you're not gonna find utility there for a long time maybe for uh, kids who um, you know want to be uh, you know six foot eight like LeBron James but they're not in the real world yeah. <laughs> and they want to do that in VR okay. Maybe someday you'll see something yeah, like out there. Yeah, like
1: an escapist, like addition to, I can't, I could never do this in real life. So I'm going to go do this here. I exactly.
0: definitely addition. It was funny because there's this uh, game that's going crazy viral right now called Gym Class VR. And uh, have you heard of this? It's uh, no. <laughs> literally millions of players right now in VR, like, like millions of daily active users using this in VR now where uh, everyone can dunk. And so what happens is you have your controllers and like you're just going up in VR and you're like dunking on this dude and it's it's not normal basketball. This is more like slam ball. Slam ball is fun, but it didn't replace the NBA. Uh, street ball was fun, it did not replace the the NBA. Um, and you know you go to Sky Zone and you have like the it's so it's the same. It's just a virtual version of Sky Zone, right? Absolutely. You 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 have these trampolines, you dunk on people, but you do it in VR and it's you know you don't have to you don't get physically tired nearly as much. Uh, and it's funny, dude. The smack talk on there is so bad. It's so bad. It's like you've probably seen your kids play video games. You hear people cursing online. Oh crap, I don't want my kids listening to that. Yeah. It's a bunch of that crap. It's so bad, bro. So if you go to TikTok and type in gym class VR, little kids are cursing each other out, just like, <laughs> yeah, motherfucker. Like, you know, just like dunk on each other. It's so bad, man. <laughs> so- <laughs> the point is, uh, I don't believe that a lot of these things are going to replace the real world version of it if the real world version of it is, um, already enjoyable and, and, uh, and, um, convenient, but if it's inconvenience or it's not, or, or it's unpleasant, I think the virtual version of it will replace it. And I think it should replace it because so you, if it is a better version of it, then it should.
1: So when you gave a, when you just alluded to how TikTok had to put in some more guardrails because they saw that they were using, they were having churn because people were like, I'm out. Like, this is, uh, this has destroyed my life. Now, it's interesting yeah. that the found, one of the founders in an article had talked about how they kind of made the app knowing that there were broken people and wanted to kind of capitalize on that. But then it's kind of like once it indexed to the point where they you know, lost users, it's like, oh, wait a minute, come back. What do you think are some ways that people who are developers, so the developers that are watching this show right now that are saying, man, what could I do to gamify or to incentivize almost that um, combination or hybrid of, you spent time in here, but we also incentivize you to go get into the real world and go get outside, get fresh air, go connect with the
0: people. Yeah. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Do us a favor. If this was useful in any way for you, please go to iTunes and leave us a review. Reviews will allow others to easily discover the podcast. If you'd like more information and to receive a free download, rediscover your destiny, go to CEOofdestiny.com. Thanks again and tune in next time.